Good morning and welcome to a very special Sunday morning edition here of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. It happens to be episode uh, number 146. 146. How the hell are you? <laughs> uh, Aaron and I, uh, presented by Taco Casa, yep. Loyalty Liquors. Um, another week, my friend. Another week. Another week. What's the latest and greatest? Oh, man, Ben, this is the time of the year where I start falling apart. This is the end of the end for me. You know, it's the last, what is it, two weeks? It's, Christmas is in two weeks? Yeah. You're, so. you're at the Alamo right now. Just, I'm at the Alamo. I'm at the Alamo. The, you're in there with Davy Crockett, and you're just fucking taking a beating. Everybody is fucking dead. <laughs> we are hanging on by a thread. And uh, this isn't like the Alamo because they lose say, at the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is, uh, I was going to, I don't really know. I'm not good at war stuff like last stands. This was, it? it was 300. Yeah. Yeah. That was the battle of, is it Thermopylae, I want to say? Um, the Battle of Thermopylae. Is this the one? I will be impressed if I got this right. Is uh, you you had to whoop up on Xerxes that fight, right? Or was he the uh, the Battle of Thermopylae? God damn, I'm good. All right, anyways, that is impressive, by the way. Uh. Thermopylae spelt not like Monopoly, which is how I spelt it. Spelt T-H-E-R-M-O-P-Y-L-A-E. Um, but anyways, there's three weeks left in the year for me. You know, this is the busiest time of the year. You know, I worked obviously all week. I had fucking, I, I bartended a Yale School of Management thing on Tuesday. God, those kids are such fucking nerds. They, they have no personality outside of what they're doing at school like none of them i there's 25 kids there they weren't all uh school of management some of them were like uh med school some were law school but they they couldn't talk about anything other than what they're doing at school nothing else which is unbelievable so anyways bartended tuesday night bartended last night we had a fucking party for a yale sorority last night that was a shit show um I had a tasting Friday night. It's uh, it's a lot, but three weeks left, almost done, and then and then my schedules freeze right up. Um, but yeah, that was my week, just pounding the grindstone. How's your week, pal? Uh, my week was good. Um, pumped some eBay sales this week, which was uh, nice. which was always nice. <clears throat> I guess I, I sold some ski bindings that I probably won't be needing. Uh, here in Florida, uh, for the time being, um, about to uh, go look at a little welding job today. Uh, we got a few a few things, I guess, in the old uh, barrel, as they say. Um, right there, should be. I think it's open. Oh, uh, sorry, bad radio. Um, <laughs> I took a. Castleton oral history report. Okay. <laughs> there, 
they're doing a, a very unique they're calling all alumni of Castleton University and they're doing an oral history report. Oh, and they asked me, um, you know, some questions and I answered. And I was thinking, like, I think I would have been way worse if I wasn't a podcaster. <laughs> so what, so but, what, what but is it? My next thing is I also think that I didn't realize the the magnitude of the situation. So I got this like letter in the mail to verify my alumni status or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I called and they, it was, it's like an 800 number that goes to the school. So some kid that goes to the college is probably like in a room, just answering, answering the yeah. phone. But you know, of the small school that it is, I can't see the phone really ringing off the hook. So um, <laughs> he he asked me, you know, a couple questions about my, you know, experience at Castleton and all that. And I answered. Yeah. And uh, so then, like, right afterwards, he's like, uh, okay, well, um, that was great. And, uh, you know, I'll send you over the, the link shortly of, like, so basically everything that he asks and then everything that I say was recorded mm. and it, it's like, it's on the internet forever. So we, so, um, so, but like, what's the pro are they like putting together? They, they want to just have like, basically there's going to be like a hardcover book with like stories of alumni mm. and where they are now. But then there's also an audio version because they never taught us how to read at Castleton. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we went by – no, I'm just kidding. That's a great little school. But, um, yeah, no, so that was, that was kind of funny. But I was, I was truly thinking, like, you know, if I didn't talk – I should have said that I'm a podcaster. What would you say, crypto millionaire? <laughs> no, I said business owner. Yeah, um, you've owned you you've owned a couple businesses. Yeah, I guess, but um, yeah, I was I should have been like Emmy award winning podcaster, <laughs> uh, three hundred million subs, like, Pull it, you know. Pulitzer Prize winner. <laughs> yeah, do you think he would? Do you think he would have win my first Nobel Peace Prize? Here, do you think so. he would have fact checked any of it? Like, how funny would that have been if you had just said all that and he was like. Oh wow, this guy's impressive! Like we gotta throw this in there. <laughs> you would have been on the front um, of the first page. <laughs> so I, I immediately like called my buddy Alonzo, and I was like, "Did you do the Castleton oral history report?" He's like, yeah. "No, I threw that piece of paper away." <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Oh, so I got the time." I'm starting to think that I may, I may, I may get in because of the sheer numbers that didn't submit yeah they're gonna call me next so they're like hey yeah. we gotta fill this book out that's funny that's funny uh, ben. yeah but that, that was that was uh i mean the the better part of it was right afterwards he's like um okay so basically you know everyone that's doing this this interview is is usually signing up for this package it's you're going to get a Castleton sweatshirt, a Castleton t-shirt, um, an embroidered travel bag, uh, the hardbound uh, oh, oral wow. history book, and the and the audio book. Um, and you can have that for two easy payments of 
225 dollars i was like uh i'm good on that like he's like okay well some um a lot of the the number two option has been and he names off all of the things minus the travel bag and that could be mine for two low payments of 189 dollars a month and i'm like i'm good at that goes through it again to save 22 bucks minus the uh (laughs) this time minus the the t-shirt and the sweatshirt and just the oral history report is uh eighty nine dollars two two payments of eighty nine dollars. I said, I go. So he he said all of like this was like four minutes of conversation. Yeah. Like he yeah. like, and I'm like, sir, is there a way for me to get off the phone today without spending <laughs> any money? And he's like, he goes, yeah, yeah, that's it's uh it's completely up to you, your option. I was like, all right, thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> But, God, that poor kid is sitting there trying to sell fucking Castleton State audiobooks to people. Oh man, the thing is, is there are people who love their colleges enough that will probably, you know, probably take them well, up on well, it. Well, the thing is, is like, I was thinking about it, and like in terms of, you know, like donating back to the school that you went to, but like yeah. straight up, like even though my boy is the head coach there right now. Yeah. Like they like where they where we had built that place to, you know, he he's he's doing he's kicking ass to bring it back right now. Yeah. But like the the spirit of of Castleton hockey died. Like bad. I would say after especially after our class left, but the next year, you know, was they were pretty talented too, but same thing. I mean, we had that little couple years in there that we were, you know, Man. number two in the country. That was, we never, never were number one, but, um, and that place was rowdy, man. Like you couldn't get into a game and it's like, I, I guess it's just, it's hard. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just sounding selfish, but I, I just, the amount I paid that fucking school to go there. Like, I don't, understand how like i'm gonna sit here and shell out more money to them like and then yeah. i'm thinking of like everybody with like the massive student loan debt it's like how do you give to your college it's like fuck them honestly <laughs> fuck <know>. them <laughs> that's how i was talking and, and then for them to reach out to like yeah unless you're oh, a full scholarship Div- division one athlete like Hop off my fucking nuts here. Like, I gave you over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. You know? Uh, I was talking to my friend Tara on Friday night about that because she was talking about how, like, when she went to school, you know, when she was going to leave and they, you know, put her, uh, like, student loan papers basically in front of her, were like, you know, these are the interest charges and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, She's like, I had no fucking idea what I was signing up for. Like, it, you know, people just said they were going to give you money and then you take the money and then, you know, you don't even yeah, think about it. It's actually the most fucked up, I would say, situation in all of like uh, fi- your financial life is like to to throw like you just get done with public school yeah. and in public school. They don't tell you a thing about interest anything. rates or yeah. or anything, how how they compound and how they grow. And it's like, Hey, before you leave, 
you, you're going to want to sign on this dotted line to grab, yeah. you know, eternity, you know, essentially you're going to spend your whole life paying these off, but we're not going to tell you now. Yeah. We're going to let you. And, <laughs> and if you file for bankruptcy, these loans aren't forgiven. You still got to pay them back. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Student, student loans are guaranteed by the government, which means that they have to be paid back. And if you die before your student loans are paid off, they go to your next of kin. Classic. They're fucking like, they're such predatory loans. Like if you die and you have a mortgage and no one in your family takes on your mortgage, well, then the bank auctions your house off and the, like it goes on, you know, not student loan debt. No, that carries on for fucking generations. And now uh, the, the other side of that, Aaron, is like, here's what's so fucked up. It's, it's the people that know the other side of the system and they put away tax-free in a 529B oh, yeah. plan. So, okay, they're going to they're gonna fund. The way it works is actually insane. I, like, recently read something about it. So the day your child is born, essentially, you can start it. Mm-hmm. And then you can pay into it tax-free up until they're 18 years old. Yep. So then if, like, quote-unquote, your kid gets a free ride to college. Mm-hmm. It, it essentially it works for the, your whole entire family and then it gets passed down like when you die mm. it goes to the next in line yeah and it's like at this point there's like millions of dollars in these loans yeah. like by the time these i'm sorry not in loans in these, these accounts accounts that like it's like you know there's people whose whose kids are going to free for you know and and grandkids and great grandkids because of there's a tax loophole on the opposite side that the kids that went to boarding school learned about instead of the kids that you know it's just like you know what's up is down yeah it's just like to think that there's this many people getting preyed on but then like you know the predators are, are are right there too like it's fucking bananas. Right on man. the other side. You know, the, the, I think it's that, but it's also the scary part that, that it's just been accepted that this is what society is. Like, this is just what we do. You know, like, it's just, it's commonplace, right? And we, so her and I were talking the other night, too, about, like, what would happen if you, if you forgave all student loan debt and you basically socialized the schools in this country, like, what that would look like. Yeah, how many universities are there in the United States? Let's see. You want to take a guess? I, I would like to take a guess. Okay. I would like to say that in the United States, there are um, 27,000 universities. <laughs> no, not quite that many. Uh, 5,300. So really? Yeah. Yeah. But so what if about you, online? <laughs> what about phoenix i don't know university if that counts of phoenix. university of phoenix um all right so i, was only so yeah, I like bet you two thousand. i bet you there's not as many strictly online colleges as you think there's probably only a handful southern new hampshire don't forget that trump tried to start a uh an online university do you remember that no i don't yeah donald trump tried to start a, an online university and how did uh, that go well, it's, you know, when was the last time you met a Trump U graduate? You know, not, I don't think too hot. I have met some, some schnoo graduates though. Um, 
but so we were talking about it and it's like, okay, so if you were to, if you were to basically socialize education in this country, you know, all those tiny little schools would fade away. Like Castleton would probably go away. You know, well, you what be- happened actually, fun story, fun fact, Castleton State College was part of the Vermont State Colleges. Okay. And there's like, there was um, Johnson State, Linden State, Vermont Technical College, Castleton State College. Um, and then like maybe, maybe, oh, Green Mountain, I believe was another one. No, that's a and then what happened? Oh, <laughs> well, it's also a college. <laughs> um, but what happened right after I left? They they got enough. I guess it, it all it's all based on master's degrees. Like how many master's programs that you offer at the school is how you become a university. Okay. So then they they became a university, but they're still part. I'm pretty sure they like melded together got it a couple of the other state universities to become castleton essentially got it so they're already doing that shit yeah i and i it it would be interesting because you would see you would see universities that would fail that would go i mean they're businesses they are right they're for, I think they're technically nonprofit, but they're, you know, they're more or less for profit fucking businesses. And then when you look at, you know, the role that something like athletics plays, it's crazy. You look at like, like, have you ever seen like a video of like the University of Oregon's football facility? It's yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's yeah, ridiculous. better than any like NFL. It's, it's like ri- futuristic. It's insane. It's- and it's, you know, it's all custom, you know, all the, the lifting equipment is all custom Oregon Ducks colors and Rogue and has their logos on. It's literally the best lifting equipment money can buy. And it's dozens and dozens of power racks and every it's, it's crazy. And that's all money that gets spent. That's from boosters and tuition, you know, and obviously the money that the football team brings in, but it's a banana system that we have in terms of, fucking making kids take out hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to fucking go to school to go to school yeah and then what's even crazier is like you know there's there's that side of oregon right and then there's the side of some kids paying full tuition there yeah right it's like how does that you know it's like how does that even you know it's like you start thinking about that and it's like you know why are kids even paying to come to our school but then again it's like just more money like oh this pays the staff dude not or, to, or whatever not to mention they got some of the sweetest nike gear on the planet you imagine how many fucking sweatshirts you got to buy if you go to the university of oregon <laughs> like talk about taking out another student loan just to buy all the fucking swag <laughs> oh man um something else we got to talk about ben it, we, it was something we mentioned a while ago but it just uh, finished this week was the uh, Brittany Griner Merchant of Death trade. Oh yeah, um, it finally went through. Big so, big trade. Some, some they, they call it a blockbuster. <laughs> some some are calling it the biggest fleecing since Herschel Walker, um, where the Dallas Cowboys received like seven players and picks for Herschel Walker. Um, he didn't show up. 
right. and then he got hurt. He started oh. like Herschel Walker. He played well, but then he started to get hurt. And then the Cowboys went on to win three Super Bowls in four years, like like a year or two later. So that basically set their franchise into a dynasty and the Vikings were never the same. Um, but listen, I, I am of the opinion that um, obviously regardless of, of her feelings about America, I don't think any American citizen wants to stay in Russia. And I think it's a good thing that we got somebody back. That being said, I think it's, a travesty that we traded such a high draft uh, pick, uh, such a high value draft pick for, you know, what is essentially a run of the mill player when we could have gotten a two for one and brought back, uh, what's it, Paul Whelan? Is that his name? Yeah. The <clears throat> Marine that's been there for four years. Yeah. Paul Whelan, Paul Nicholas Whelan. Um, who's a US what was Marine. he there? Is he there on es- espionage or something? Yeah, he's been charged with espionage. I don't know the details of his case, I don't know if that's been made public information. I read some articles, but didn't see it listed anywhere. But do you think he really likes borscht now? Oh, god, cold beet soup. I don't think so. I don't think anybody likes borscht. I don't think Russians like borscht. I think they just have no that's not true. That's not true. I and I only know about borscht because I played with Ilya Sorolev, who's uh, Russian as fuck, and he had like borscht it. every day. Shut the fuck <laughs> Dude, up, Dude, really? swear to God, his wife made borscht. That's like their thing. Every single day, borscht. Oh, wait. The guy, know? he was fucking jacked, too, so I know borscht <laughs> is healthy. Well, that's the Russian gas. Uh, yeah. It is... Well... I don't know that it's – is it always cold? Uh, no, it's it served either hot or cold. Yeah, I think he I think he was a hot borscht guy. Oh, that's at least a little bit more normal. Hot beet soup. What's, what could be better? Oh, I didn't know there was sausage in it. I'm looking at a borscht recipe right now. Oh, this is Ukrainian. He probably doesn't want to hear this. Uh, sausage, beets, carrots, potatoes, cabbage, tomatoes, onion – doesn't sound that bad yeah it's all protein it just just looks weird it's just all fucking red and like almost like magenta ish but uh anyways i think uh you know i understand the public pressure on the government to get a deal done and get britain griner back and i understand the optics of it and i think a lot of this i think as as much as there's good heartedness to it in the sense of trying to bring home an American citizen from Russia. I do also think that there's just, this is just a lot of posturing, a lot of what can we do for publicity? What can we do? That's going to make us look good. And I think in reality, if you wanted to bring back this retired Marine, you could probably have said like, you know, no deal held out and, and, you know, waited a little bit longer and work something out, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, if you want to hear my honest opinion, and I think it's all part of the fucking the Hollywood play that is this. I mean, it just every single like it's such a dumb trade that it's like it almost is at the point where like, is this even real? Yeah. You know, it's like there's how many hundreds of thousands of of Americans locked up for for non petty, you know, nonviolent. Yeah. Uh, weed crimes here in the United yep. States. 
And it's like they they bring her back. Yeah, I actually. I honestly like no offense to her, but I always thought she was a dude. Well, she also was like dunking and like, you know, making some of these plays look pretty easy. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but I actually didn't. I Ben, I honestly didn't even think about it from that perspective. That you go, you free a professional athlete from a Russian prison on a on a basically a petty weed crime. And yet the amount of <laughs> citizens that are locked up in this country for weed crimes. Is well, the, and, the, and the bigger, the bigger joke they're talking about is like Kamala put half of them in prison. She was the, right. the fucking, what is it? The, the she DA was, or whatever. She was, the or, DA. Uh, she was a DA. She's the attorney general of California. I don't know. She was definitely a district attorney though. All I know is like, she put substantial people minorities uh for that matter like behind bars for what we're talking about nonviolent drug crimes apparently according to this according to forbes there's as of june 26 2020 there's forty thousand americans incarcerated for cannabis related convictions which probably doesn't include like trafficking and you know all the other crazy things but oh actually hold on uh, this is the ALS, ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. 52% of all drug arrests in 2010 were for marijuana. Uh, holy shit. Between 2001 and 2010, 8.2 million marijuana arrests were made. 88% were for simply having marijuana nationwide. And we're talking, we're talking 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago, and now we're on the, the road to what? Legality? How many states are fully... Uh, yeah. Uh, How many legal weed states? California. 21. Washington. Or right. 21. So in 12 years, they're going from 8.4 million weed arrests in just a, a single year. Yeah to 21 states out of 50 fully legal and then despite roughly equal usage rates as as in between uh the races in terms of who uses weed black people are 3.73 times more likely than white people to be arrested for marijuana Hmm. interesting yeah interesting uh it's but it's it is crazy i i truly didn't think of that angle and ben that's an excellent point it's like if you're someone that's in jail on a on a bullshit weed crime and you see this happen you got to be like what the fuck man like what the fuck like this fucking country is going out of its way to bring back somebody who listen no matter how you want to say but she did something that was illegal but it but it's like of all the people that could have been traded they're like they're sitting in they're they're sitting in fucking jail like you know I had some weed on me and this motherfucker is like a serial killer like a merchant killer an arms dealer and he uh, just gets out there was a period I think where they said like a pretty high percentage of all the guns purchased illegally in the world were came through this through dude. dude yeah through this dude yeah well <laughs> I saw this is like completely off topic, but uh, it was like they're worried about your six hundred dollar uh, Venmo yeah. charge 
but but no one's asking about your 62 billion that they just sent to ukraine or something it's, and then it's uh, like you start to think it's like you know that all this is is like somebody in our government was like i need my fucking guy back like we got to get him out of jail now otherwise i can't supply all these other countries with with ammunition and arms and i can't so i can make my millions and millions and have my mega yacht like literally that's what happened the other thing too is that like you know i know there's a lot being made out about this russian arms dealer but like we can't forget the united states is also one of the largest arms arms dealers on the fucking planet and has been for quite some time (laughs) like uh, World War One, World War Two, uh, Vietnam before we got involved, Korea before we got involved, Afghanistan I mean, in the eighties, Iran Ford, in the seventies, like Ford engines in the uh, in the German tanks. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just talking about guns, not to mention all the <laughs> other equipment that we've sent all over the place, the planes, the helicopters. I mean, we just made a what? What was it? A three billion dollar donation to the Afghani army? You know, a little over a year ago, a year ago. Well, and then, if you want to think about it, like, hear me out. If the United States is a business, remember that whole bullshit about they le- left how many billions of dollars worth of aircraft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. is that technically a write off? Like, uh, did they? Is that a gift to whatever country they let? Like, in le- like in legal language. Is everyone bitching like, oh yeah, we abandoned that, but like really they're like, listen, we're gonna pretend like enough Americans are gonna get mad at us right now and bitch, but what you guys don't know is that this is actually a tax gift and we were able to write off I, how what was the number? Was it eighty two billion or something? I don't remember. Let's see. Military equipment. Um, it's eighty billion dollars. Yep. Okay, so eighty billion that we left there, and they were like, "That wasn't enough." So, like, all right, we'll send you three more billion. Right? Didn't you just say that we just gave them three billion or something like Uh, recently, or gifted them? Yeah, we're always giving people money. Man, we left C one thirties there. Damn. Right. So that that to me is like. That's an arms deal right there. An eighty billion dollar one. Yeah, the we left three C one thirties. Damn, that's crazy. Um yeah, well, Ben, I don't think it's a tax write off because I don't know that the US military pays taxes. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a Oh, they're ta- oh I forgot they're tax exempt. <laughs> yes, they're tax exempt. Um but yeah, I dude, I don't even know. It's such a um what a shit show the last like fucking two t- i mean basically since we started this podcast what a shit show it's all that <laughs> this is part of this is part of simulation theory you know they start this podcast and then a the week later everything fucking goes haywire and it's been going haywire for almost three years now well we got it we got our audio log follow along what a fucking world, man. What a world. And and completely unrelated news. I was looking at Rolex Explorers this week. And they're beautiful. I can't they are. I can't I can't force myself to pull the trigger yet, but I, I have a feeling 
There's going to be a day soon. It's just, I mean, the prices are down significantly. I mean, they're still pricey, but you know, if I found a good deal, I mean, it's just a little, it's just a little savings account on your wrist. Yeah. Well, also, you know, the plenty of these websites now offer payment plans, you know, you paid off over the course of a year. Fun fact. That's, I mean, that's basically how I bought mine. I just, I was like, I'm buying a Rolex and then I'm going to sell enough shit on eBay to pay for it. And it didn't take me that long. Yeah. I don't have as much stuff to sell on eBay. I mean, but it's it's not about, it's not, it's not about selling it. It's about finding it. It's like, there's fucking, you can find, there's shit everywhere to be had. And then it's just, you know, getting good enough at, at liquidating it, if you will. Yeah. No, you're right, Benjamin. You are always I right. I just read an article about this this girl who was always noticing shit on the... I mean, it's a Business Insider fucking article, so whatever that means, fuck Business Insider. But um, it was... It, she started driving around and seeing, like, uh, lawn furniture... Or not lawn... Uh, furniture and shit on the side of the driveway. Yeah. And she started picking it up and the article quote unquote says that she's making uh like almost 40 grand a year working five hours a week just picking up shit off the side of the road and flipping it that's pretty sweet which which i'm that is a hundred percent true is what i'm getting at like that's we didn't need business insider to have an article to know that that that's been a thing for a long time but it's just, just not re- reassurance. It's, it's not sexy work, you know? I mean, I pass by stuff no, on not, the side of the road all the time, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is worth anything. And most of the time, it doesn't look like any of it is. But but I think that's the other thing is, like, I think we as Americans and humans, like, you, if you see something that's, like, rather large, like a chair, mm-hmm. and it's, like, just say you could get five bucks for it yeah it sounds ridiculous but most people would be like fuck that i'm not doing right right but it's when you it's when you do that a thousand times right right times five bucks yep and it's like oh shit you know but it most most people don't have the time that's the other problem it's it's the sheer time it's like if you're already at a, a job chasing a paycheck you don't have time to chase the a little shit too so yeah well that's just it it's, and it's I, I think what you said is the biggest part though about like it's just the the reward isn't as big as people would like it to be you know everybody wants the big hit and if you're only going to make you know 10 bucks on and something. the other thing i'll say right now that is like a huge factor because i like i think we're noticing it mm-hmm. is it's like quote unquote warehouse space Right. You know, you you need a place that like if you're gonna be a, a nickel and dime flipper, like you're gonna need a fucking shitload of inventory. Right. And it's like also even even like even if you have an eBay store yep. and you tr- like you know tr- travel a lot, call it yep. or you're you know doing shit all the time, it's either like you gotta put your eBay store on like seller is away. Or you got to bring the shit with you because you never know. Like if 
even if you sell a little $10 item, you know, if you don't like have it shipped within a day, your, your, your seller ratings going down. Right. Like, like it's all, that's all based on like, if you want a hundred percent seller rating, like the requirements are like ships within 24 hours of, of processing and all this stuff. So, um, I mean, these are all just little things I've noticed over time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's running a real business, but well, you called me this morning to, to make sure everything was okay and to say, all right, let's do this and we'll just do a quick one and be on with our Sundays. And now we have two minutes left on the clock. So in typical Sunday conversation fashion, we plan nothing other than to do a quick one. And here we are up against our time limit. So. Hey, we do another week, my friend. Another week. Another hey, week. just think. Next weekend, you'll only have, what, two weekends left in the year. Those moss. And then it's great because then nothing is happening. Right. Although, although I got to go. I do got to rent a tuxedo soon. So I got to do that this week. Yeah, we got a lot going on. A lot going on up here. But um, episode... My man. Episode 146 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. We did it again. I'm not going through the whole spiel. Follow us on Instagram, at Sunday Conversation. I've logged back into it for the first time in forever. Oh, good, good. I got to get out. I should log in, too. Uh, But that's all I got. Benny, you got anything else? No, man. Be good. Be good or be good at it. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) Love you.